two wizards. Two wizards? Two wizards. Two wizards. Well, uh, Mark, I have to give you props, man. Uh, oh, yeah? Uh, big kudos for helping shut down that weird space-time portal thing. Because uh, really, I was just trying to make some tea, you know? And I was like, <laughs> oh, you know, this would be a nice... You know, warm up some water, dash of this, dash of that. Next thing I know, yeah, there's a strange, like, alternate dimension where it's, like, you and me and this dude named Shane and this and this gal named Christine all talking about... And, this, and, and like, me is, is continually just blathering on about a topic nobody else cares. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, guys, but did you know... Uh, there's not really an H, letter H. It's like, oh, whatever, Josh, nobody cares. <laughs> People cared. I, I cared back then. I cared a little bit more now, or less now because, yeah, you know, but, I, but I, I'd been to the party already, but I... People cared, and yeah, yeah. Well, and and know, uh, I think it's fun to see a little bit of the what could and might have been, you know. Well, and also some of the things that still ripple across time, because um, uh, yeah, hearing hearing things that I would say or things that you would say that somehow survived the yeah four plus years um, that seemed to be the like temporal distance between those two dimensions, those two realities mm-hmm. is like, Oh God, no, I'm still, I'm, I'm, I'm still doing that. <laughs> uh, but, but we did it. We, 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 we bid a fond farewell to those, those rascally, uh, sweet summer children of the year 2017. Um, <laughs> said, uh, Hey, maybe, Maybe buy some Bitcoin, but don't go overboard with it. Just you know, buy buy a little Bitcoin. Um, <laughs> you can get a couple, but not don't go crazy. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and, and then if anybody comes up to you and says NFT, just like run away screaming the other direction because that's just that's just silly. But um, <laughs> but yeah, but but we did it. You you helped close down, uh, shut down this portal. Uh, and and I think it's I think it's time I think we're we're time we're ready to get back in the settle for uh, a more kind of standard normal regular uh, episode of the Two Wizards podcast, which is this is what we're doing. Here's where we are. Uh, hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us once again. My name is Josh, and I am a wizard. And my name is Mark, and I am also a wizard. And yeah, we're back. We're back in our towers. The Josh's portal has been closed and yeah we're we're back to talk about stuff that's fun dumb and educational and today's gonna get really dumb and not really educational but it's also my love letter to a certain group of people but we'll get into that when we get to that bit okay very nice yeah so we ought to start this off as we usually do josh what is in your wizard's tankard uh well with me uh i i believe i've had I don't know. Maybe I've I know I've had this brewery before, and maybe I've even had this particular beer. Um, but kind of like a bit of a theme, uh, this is from Brewdog, uh, brewed here in Ohio. This is their Jet Black Heart Vanilla Oatmeal Milk Stout. Um, so, 
it's just a good solid beer. Yeah, it's it's been like re like now we're getting winter here in Columbus. Like this would have been mm. nice to have all this snow and like single digit weather over Christmas. Uh, but hey, let's just like delay that by a month. Um, but 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 it's here, and I'm enjoying this nice dark beer um, now at least. So right on. So so, right so, on. so that's in my tankard. How how about you, buddy? Um, well, I have a big old pot of black coffee, because oh. it's 8 a.m. here in Colorado. But. <laughs> yeah, well, I had I had my coffee, and um, and I was thinking, too, like, yeah, it's close enough to lunch. I can, I can make this, I can make this work. I You're mean, it's closer an, to it than I am. Like, yeah, well, and it's an yeah. oatmeal stout. Uh, See, there you go. Yeah. It's, or, although at some point I'll have to, the next time we do one of these like delayed recording sessions, I'll definitely get the founder's uh, uh, breakfast out and okay. just really be like lying down on the floor. <laughs> um, just knocked knocked on my ass. Be like, yeah, Mark, let's, let's talk about unicorns. <laughs> We've talked so much about weird beers and stuff. And, like, the idea of a breakfast beer. But how come there's not, like, breakfast beers? And I know the short answer is because chicken fried steak and or biscuits and gravy do not a good beer flavor make. Ooh, but yeah. But something, you've got, because you hit it with oatmeal stout, and, like, mm-hmm. maybe, I don't, I don't know, I had that, like, weird Mexican one for our 12 Pups of Christmas challenge, and it was, like, basically horchata beer, and it was kind of cinnamony right. and light, like... Mm-hmm. There's got to be something there, right? There's got, well, uh, like bacon is in everything all the time, true, always. True. Well, and I remember uh, uh, when we were discussing the like uh, green chili beer uh, phase craze for a while. Like, I could see that going down with like a nice like huevos rancheros or even just like a Denver omelet with yeah, like a green chili beer. Um, yeah. But like not by itself, right? Because because yeah, there's like. There's the like Slim Fast or Weight Watchers, whatever, like like little breakfast shake thing. Why not? Yeah, mm-hmm. why not like a breakfast beer? Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. Here we go. We, we can do yeah, you know, like a French French toast and bacon stout. There you go. See, there you go. Yeah, an an eggs Benedict pale ale because <laughs> it's already going to be an IPA, so you don't want. Or no, it'll be an eggs Benedict saison. There it, it is. Be terrible, but it's like, is it gross or is that the hollandaise sauce? I don't, I don't know, but I'm not gonna drink another oh, one. Hollandaise, I... hollandaise beer. Oh my god. Well, I guess with that note, I think we could both do a little palate cleanse here. So, so here's yes. here's on you, buddy. Cheers, buddy. Oh yeah, and it's even on nitro. So hopefully, hopefully, oh, nice. uh, got that little cool sound effect there. But yep, pretty darn good. Yep. Right on. Well, and this and this is six percent. It's not like it's too wild and crazy, but that's that's all right. That's okay. Well, my problem was is I quit drinking beer to lose some weight for an upcoming vacation. Oh, yes. Right, right. So I can't be drinking like I don't. I just don't really want like a gin and tonic at eight in the morning. Like, right. No part of that sounds enjoyable. And then it occurs to me that I've got Bloody Mary and lots of gin, so maybe I could have a snapper after our break. Oh, there you go. That would be appropriate. Yeah, we can mix it up. But for right now, I'm going to stick with some black coffee. Also, heads up, this episode is going to be really, really taxing on my, what would you call that, pronunciation abilities. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's better to leave my tongue untangled at the time. 
Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. I think that makes sense. We can we can ease into it. We can start off with yeah. like a, a non-alcoholic option, and then and then go into the harder stuff towards the tail. Hell end. yeah! So okay, well then, <laughs> well then, hey, speaking of what what do you have prepared? I and you asked me to prep a little something too, but what are we getting into this episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are talking about. Hellhounds and devil dogs and just really weird shit that you might call a dog, but you might not call a dog. And <laughs> yeah, originally this episode was going to be all about wolf attacks. And then halfway through research, I pivoted and found something that I liked better than wolf attacks. And so then, like, that's when I hit you up. It's like, hey, man, we're we're changing the flow. Can you prep some stuff on this? And you were like, hell yeah, buddy. So that's mm-hmm. what we're going to talk about today is... Weird, like, I wouldn't call them ghost dogs in every sense, because some of these are very, very real things. We just right. don't know what they are, per se. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, well, and I know we originally also kind of planned to, like, cycle back to do Operation High Jump, but even then you're like, no, man, like, we gotta, that's, we don't want to peer under the two-mile thick layer of ice let's 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 put that on the back burner maybe we'll we'll come back to it maybe not but i think yeah hellhounds devil dogs demon dogs um uh what would be another i don't Uh, know i've been reading a lot of french stuff so bet ferral uh (laughs) la bet grand um the growlithe uh growlithe (laughs) Yeah. Um, also, listeners, I'm just going to tell you right now, go get Pokemon Arceus Legends. It's fantastic. Go it's every Pokemon, Pokemon game you've ever wanted. And that's also why our recording schedule was a bit delayed, because <laughs> maybe after doing some dangle podcast recording, Mark was too drunk to research <laughs> and just play Pokemon for like four hours. But yeah, and that's, that's it, neither that's here okay. nor there. That's neither here nor there, because we're going to talk about Hellhounds, Demon Dogs, uh, uh, something something canine. I was trying to think, what, what's another... Ooh, 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 Josh, how do you feel about BBCs? Uh, what? And I don't mean the porn subgenre, I mean big black curves. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, I should have opened with that joke. No, oh, no, no, that was brilliant. That was brilliant. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, okay, so take us take us into this world. What are like what are some of the key features of like a hellhound or a devil dog? You already mentioned, like, France, so you better believe we're going to be making fun of those frogs along the way, too. But but what lead us into this doggy park that's full of, yeah, like, vicious, snarling, maybe on fire uh, canines? Broad generalization strokes here really quick. It's a big black dog. And sometimes, like, they're more ethereal than they are corporeal. Mm. And most of the time you see them at night and they're, you know, it's more like a shadow with glowing red eyes that are said to be the coals from the fires of hell. Right, right. You know, and you can always hear them and they're always like this portent of doom, except for sometimes if it's not in England, they're cool. It's weird. Oh, interesting. England takes a decided stance that they are, in fact, just real bastards. If you see one and you're (laughs) by yourself, you're going to die. Like it's they almost make me think of like yokai and that they all kind of do the same thing but mm. they're all just a little bit different yeah but everybody seems to regional... know about them in the area yeah okay okay but everybody kind of has one and today we're we're really just gonna focus on like 
England and mainland Europe. Okay. Because that's where you see more of this stuff from. There are some, like, ghost dogs out of Mexico, and I could have touched on it, but instead I decided Ooh. to shift my focus later on. But yeah, yeah. we can get to there later, because I also wanted to make the concentrated effort to not talk about the ghost dog slash dire wolf whatever at Skinwalker Ranch in America. Right. And yeah, that seems I like I figured if we stay yeah. back in, you know, the old world, well, it'll be easier to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. But yeah, big, black, terrifying dogs. They've got snarling teeth, and sometimes they're the devil or the devil's herald. I also learned that apparently the devil has nothing better to do than to show up as a dog and mess with people, which <laughs> I kind of like that idea. Yeah, he might kill me, but I also like the idea of, like, the supreme evil on Earth is coming to just mess with me. Yeah. And, hey, if God can keep an eye out for little old me, it's kind of nice to think the devil can, too. I don't know. But... <laughs> Um, and I think the easiest place to go with this is starting at the very bottom, probably one of the first occurrences of this. And I asked you to prepare this guy. Josh, talk about everybody's favorite three-headed hellhound. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that, of course, would be Cerberus, or uh, perhaps maybe a little closer to uh, the Greek pronunciation, uh, Kerberus. Because, uh, again, the letter C is weird. It's Sometimes it makes a hard K sound, sometimes it's an S sound. But yeah, we're talking about Kerberus, Cerberus, um, the... Uh, yeah, the Hades Hound, uh, you will, mm-hmm. if, if if you will, and um, and yeah, and so uh, uh, this this creature is is found. It's spoken of all the way back in some of the earliest written literature that we have, uh, which of course means the Iliad and the Odyssey. Um, so yeah, both of these epic poems attributed to this guy Homer. That were written down, composed sometime in like the 700s uh, BCE, so like 8th century BCE. Um, and yeah, uh, Kerberos is like mentioned, but not by name. And it's, and it's kind of interesting. Okay. So, and, 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 he's, and, uh, and, and he's mentioned in regards to the same story, uh, uh, specifically about one of the labors of Heracles being to like fetch the hound of hell and bring him back up to king to king um Erythius. and so looking at uh uh iliad book eight line uh yeah, 369 somewhere in that area uh it's athena talking with hera and aphrodite and athena says um uh she's she's recounting this story about how she helped heracles like uh get get the get bring bring service back up and she says, uh, had I but known all this in wisdom of my heart when Eurytheus sent him, that is Heracles, forth to the house of Hades the warder to bring from out of Erebus the hound of loathed Hades, then he had not escaped the sheer falling waters of Styx. Uh, and, uh, and, and so, yeah, uh, in the Greek, we don't hear, it, 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 it's not Kerberos who's mentioned, but it's um, uh, the... Kuna Haido Haidao Homeric Greek is weird. So yeah, it's literally okay. like the dog of Hades or the hound of Hades. <clears throat> oh, okay. Okay, cool. Uh, and then uh, in Odyssey, book 11 lines 623 to 625, um, s- s- similar kind of story, except now it's this time it's uh, Odysseus talking about how like there's a part in the Odyssey where he needs to go into the underworld and and, and uh, talk to some of the shades there. 
and uh, and he runs across Heracles down there, and um, Heracles is talking to him, and he says, uh, "Yeah, he once sent me hither, like to here, to fetch the Hound of Hades, for he could not devise for me no other task mightier than this. The Hound I carried off and led forth from the house of Hades." Uh, and Hermes was my guide and flashing-eyed Athena. Again, Kerberos isn't named, but it, it just talks about the uh, uh, Kun, uh, where like we get like Cynic, uh, that mm-hmm. same kind of thing. Uh, but, oh, okay, cool, Josh. When does Cerberus, <laughs> again, just kind of blathering, nobody cares, get to the point. So... I care. I forgot. Okay. So I haven't like messed with the Odyssey in years, and I kind of forgot he went to hell. Like, right. I forgot about that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He like pours, and, and I need to give it a reread too. It's it, it's been a while, but yeah. So like, he's talking a lot. Fine, we'll do the Odyssey next episode. We'll, we'll do the Odyssey. We'll read the whole thing. <laughs> but but so <laughs> join me and Josh when we get horse done, Mystica and Uzo, and read the Odyssey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, okay, so. Uh, Kerberos is mentioned, he's alluded to in the Iliad and Odyssey, and the first time, uh, the earliest times where we have his name actually given is, uh, and I've mentioned this work before too, is in uh, Hesiod's Theogony, Hesiod's Theogony. Uh, and it's this other kind of poem that's talking about like the cosmology and where the gods came from and where the earth came from and all this stuff. Uh, and this is about Theogony, lines uh, 310 to 312, uh, and uh, it's talking about how these two other creatures, monsters, uh, Typhon and Echidna. Typhon's like this big, scary monster dude, and Echidna's this big, scary monster lady. Uh, they have a bunch of babies, and their offspring are all of these monsters, including... Uh, and this is, again, picking up with uh, the Theogony, line 310. First, she, that is Echidna, bore Orthus, the hound of Gironis. And then again, she bore a second, a monster not to be overcome, and that may not be described, Cerberus, who eats raw flesh, the brazen-voiced hound of Hades, 50-headed, relentless, and strong. So what happened to the other 47 heads? And that is the kind of, as with a lot of Greek mythology, there's different accounts. Some have uh, Cerberus with three heads, some with 50 Sometimes he's also portrayed with like snakes coming out of his body or like a snake as a tail. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah, well, and, and even like what you were saying too, like whatever kind of regional variation or like, oh yeah, well, I heard Kerberos is three heads and has a snake for a tail. Oh, no, he don't. He got 50 heads and snakes coming out of his body. It's just okay. big, scary dog snakes and multiple heads. Um, okay. I also just really like this idea of, um, uh, so yeah, this is a line. This is a line from it. Kerberon o mesten aideokuna kalkiofonon. And that kalkiofonon, bronze, bronze sounding, bronze voiced. I don't oh. even know what that means, but it's badass. <laughs> right on. I love it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, and then it, um, Definitely goes on to mention that, yeah, he has 50, 50 heads, relentless, never tiring, and, and strong. Uh, so that's in, like, the first part of the Theogony. And then a little later on, lines uh, 767 to 774, um, kind of, like, retelling or, or, like, going a different direction. 
Um, but this is like kind of describing the underworld. There in front stand the echoing halls of the god of the lower world, strong Hades, and of awful Persephone. A fearful hound guards the house in front, pitiless, and he has a cruel trick. On those who go in, he fawns with his tail and both his ears, but suffers them not to go back out again, or to go out back again, but keeps watch and devours whomever he catches going out of the gates of strong Hades and awful Persephone. Oh, shit. And, and so that's the other thing that, so we already kind of mentioned, like, there's some discrepancy about how many heads uh, Cerberus has or what he looks like or whatever. Uh, but there's another discrepancy that I think comes up. And again, I go back all the way back to like episode two or three. I blame goddamn Disney's Hercules for this. Because <laughs> it's like, oh no, how are we going to get into the underworld? We have to sneak past Cerberus and he's so mean and he's going to bite us. And he's like, no, bullshit. Like when you're, when you're going into Hades, he's a good boy. He's a good boy. Then he's like wagging his snake tail. Then he has his ears all like floppy and playful. And he's going, bark, bark. Yeah, come into the underworld. Yeah, bark, bark. Then he's a good boy. He's a good boy. It's only when you're trying to get out of the underworld where he gets snappy and like will 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 eat you up. And it drives me crazy about that too. So it's so like, yeah, he's like the guard dog of Hades, but like the reverse guard dog. Instead of keeping well, people yeah, so you, out, you let them in, but you can't be letting you can't be letting chumps out. Precisely, You're in hell, man, you stay there. Precisely, yeah. And so that's the other thing too. It's like, and then and then that gets repeated all over the place. Like I think in uh, uh, in one or two of the like Percy Jackson books, it's been a while since I've read those two. Yeah, similar thing. It's like, oh no, how are we going to get around Hades? Uh, uh, how are we going to get around Hades or get into Hades around uh, Cerberus? It's like, well, no, he he lets you in like flops over and shows his puppy belly as you're walking in but then as soon as he as soon as you try to leave again that's when he gets vicious um so so yeah i'm just i don't know something like that a little later on uh cerberus also shows up in yet another epic poem this time the aeneid by uh virgil and then cerberus also makes an appearance in yet another epic poem that's dante's inferno and uh, cerberus guards the third circle of hell where all of the um, uh, people who have committed the sin of gluttony are. Oh, interesting. And it's this like it's this like world of like uh, icy mud, and everyone's just kind of like crawling and flopping around in icy mud. And Dante uh, feeds feeds Cerberus like like he makes like a little mud pie. He makes like an icy mud pie, and he feeds it to Cerberus, and that's how that's how he's able to like continue on. Um, okay. And then in the Aeneid, uh, the hero. And Aeneas uh, also feeds Cerberus by like giving him like some like honey cakes that also have some like sleepy, sleepy herbs in them. Um, mm -hmm. And I just get a kick out of how in both of those instances, like what's the way to like calm the savage beast? You just feed them. <laughs> you feed them. They're hungry. Yeah. You just, you just give them something to eat. You, you give them a little like milk bone and then he's chill. And then, and then you can go on your way. Um, and then I guess maybe quickly the, the one last thing about Cerberus, because I'm also like an etymology hound. Oh, hey, whoa, whoa I didn't even, hey, I wasn't even, you go. I wasn't even trying to do that. <laughs> well, it's, God damn it. <laughs> I'm such a dork, but I am. I'm, Not even I, a little bit. I get, I get super uh, horned up for etymology and all that, and we're not exactly sure where the name 
uh, Cerberus, Kerberus comes from, we have a couple of hypotheses. Uh, mm-hmm. One that I've seen a lot, and I've seen some people run with this, and I would encourage them to like just maybe tap the brakes a little bit. We're not sure. But um, one idea uh, comes from this Proto-Indo-European word, Kerberos, uh, meaning spotted. Okay. So some people take that and be like, oh my gosh, uh, Cerberus is just like naming your dog Spot. It's like, well, maybe. That's one explanation. That's one hypothesis. We're not exactly sure. But that is kind of cute. I can see why you get really jazzed for that. Um, <laughs> sure, yeah. Maybe. Let's, let's, let's boil down one of the greatest civilizations of all time to a cute friggin' pet joke. Fine, whatever. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> yeah. great. Uh, some other that's, explanations. That's what, that's what they meant, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Some, some <laughs> other ex- ex- exclamations could mean... Uh, it comes from a Greek word, uh, kreoboros, meaning flesh devouring, which I also think that makes okay. a lot of sense. Um, both like, again, the whole like, hey, if you try to leave the underworld, you're going to you're gonna get chomped up. But also this idea of like, okay, if you die and you're buried, then like the earth, quote unquote, devours your flesh. So that kind of makes sense too. Oh, okay. Uh, and then there's also this other idea that uh, uh, Cerberus, Kerberus comes from... Uh, Kerberethru, which means evil of the pit. So it's like, again, similar idea, like, oh, here's this deep pit in the underworld. There's some evil kind of monster, wicked monster down there. Um, okay. But, um, so, may, so, so yeah, we just know that he's Cerberus, Kerberus. He is often portrayed with only having three heads. Maybe he has upwards of 50. Um, and if you go to, like... Yeah, whatever image search, and you look up, oh, what is it? I think if you, it's like Cute Baris, the guardian to the gates of Heck. And it's okay. like a little, it's it's like some puppies who are all kind of joined together. And it looks like, it looks like a like a three-headed cute, like, Labrador puppy. And it's just, it's just very, it's just very nice. It's very nice. <laughs> but yeah, and so uh, the, the, one of the big legends with Kerberos, like I said, is one of the, labors of Heracles was to go fetch uh, Kerberos and then bring him up to his uh, cousin uh, King Eurystheus and like that scene uh, inspired so many like uh, uh, pottery painters there's all these yeah like paintings on vases or um, of of, like King Eurystheus getting freaked out because here's Kerberos in his palace and he like jumps into a pot and he's like peering <laughs> out and then here's Heracles like, like like holding him by the neck and he's like okay all right fine you you pass this labor get him out of here um but um but yeah so that was that's my brief kind of overview of Kerberos Cerberus the hellhound right on maybe maybe even the OG hellhound I don't know right I honestly think it probably is. Yeah. Yeah. Unless, like, there was something that I didn't see. And no, in no way is my research exhaustive. But. Right. Yeah. 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 But, but yeah. Right on. So, Thanks, buddy. Yeah. You're, you're very welcome. And, and so I'm excited to see maybe how that echo has reverberated across time or how it's maybe come up in some of these different uh, uh, cultural uh, contexts. We're, we're going to take a page from your book there and we're going to pat Cerberus on the belly. And as we pat him on the belly, we're going to pat our last, like, actual denizen of the underworld guarding the gates of hell on its weird 
bloody head. And that would be the uh, the Garmer or the Garm, and that's just like the Viking version of Cerberus. It was a big it was a big old wolf that guarded the gate to Hell, H E L, and it's often associated with Ragnarok. And I guess he wasn't a good boy, but he was a good guard dog. And I don't want to spend too much time on him because now we're gonna go like up on top of the world. We're we're, we're gonna go look at Hellhounds that are running around on terra firma. Okay. As you might say. Right, right. So we're going to start in Wales. And like I said before, we're going to focus mostly on mainland Europe, and most of that is going to be on um, mostly England, like the English Isles. Okay, yeah. Because these things are a big damn deal there, and they kind of took a bulk of my, what would you call that, attention. Yeah. So first we have in Wales, and right off, apologies to every single Welsh <laughs> listener we have now or may have in the future. I tried so hard. I watched a bunch of YouTube videos. I tried to write out the words phonetically. Yeah. This is my best approximation. Yeah, so. I'm, 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 I'm sure the effort is appreciated. Uh, well, and, and even with um, one of our other recent episodes, that, w- that was the, like, um, the floating lights, right? Yeah. Did yeah, we yeah. talk about a lot of, like, the sort of Welsh... And like the puka, which is probably the easiest Welsh word to say. <laughs> um, but no, I'm sure. I'm sure. Even just the effort and the acknowledging of like, hey, I'm I'm giving it my honest attempt here at your language. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure that's just hunky dory. Right on. Yeah, Dan Carlin has a bit, and he says he's doing French names, and he goes, and if that's the first beautiful French word that I mispronounce, well, you're just gonna have to get used to it because I don't speak French. I'm like, right on, Dan Carlin. <laughs> so you guys are just gonna have to get used to this because Welsh is insane. So number one, first thing out of the gate, uh, we have something called the Gwilgi. Mm. It is a black dog the size of a mastiff or a really big black wolf. They have glowing red eyes and breath that is so bad that it can light shit on fire. <laughs> I, I I love that that it's not that it breathes fire so much just that it has terrible doggy breath that everything just spontaneously combusts. <laughs> yeah, it, but apparently it also just stinks and it makes me think of sulfur and what's in hell. Oh, sulfur, it's yeah, the, you, makes. Sense. And if we're taking like the base mythology for this is like Christianity mixed with like old you know proto pagan, like yeah, hell yeah, it's gonna have. Number one, glowing red eyes from hell, because that's how you denote evil is glowing. Even right now, right now, playing Pokemon Arceus. That's right. They have these things called Alpha Pokemon, and their eyes glow bright red. And I will be honest, dude, I got my shit rocked by a Snorlax, and it was one of the worst experiences of my gaming life. This thing is, like, body slamming around rocks and hyper-beaming at me, and that's not the point, but, like, (laughs) go get Arceus. That's my point. Anyway. (laughs) Um... Gwilgi, here we go, back at it. Um, they hunt roads at night looking for lone travelers. Mm. And this is what they do. They just come up, and I think it's kind of a cautionary tale like we talked about with Will of the Wisps, and, like, just stay off the roads at night. Mm. Like, these are not safe places for you to be. Don't do it. But then, also, dog attacks and wolf attacks have always been this huge problem in Europe. It's insane, like... I can't think of the name of... It was a deal that I want to say Constantine did. And he just said, all right, we're going to kill every goddamn wolf in this country. And they tried to eradicate all of them, and it didn't work. But they killed a shitload of wolves because wolves were such a, like, not nuisance. Like, whatever, mm-hmm. they were there first and all that good stuff. But also, you know, you, you can't make an empire without... 
eradicating a few species. You know, <laughs> well, and, and if uh, uh, and if I have this right, um, I'm pretty sure that like Wales has a has a pretty thriving, is pretty well known. Yeah, for it's like 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 sheep sheep industry shepherding. Yeah, um, and so literally uh, the easiest thing to kill, and yeah, right. that's all that they have there. Right, and 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 if you're yeah trying to uh, uh, make your livelihood, if you're trying to base your livelihood around like raising sheep, uh, yeah, you're probably going to look pretty pretty poorly on um, wolves that love to do fewer things more than yeah kill and devour fluffy sheep. So. That also kind of yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, also, just we're not really into wolves yet, but I want to point out here: this isn't an anti-wolf podcast we're doing. It's just, no, no, not at all. This shit's cool to me. I think it's amazing. I love the idea of like the struggle of humanity because we don't have sharp claws or big old teeth, and these things can savage you. And all we're good at is reproducing fast enough to like they can't kill us all, and then we figure out what gunpowder is, and it gets a little easier on our end. But yeah. <laughs> Um, you can still see Wilgie today, Josh. There are still <gasps> Wilgie sightings. I watched Wilgie sightings on YouTube, and it's scary. And really all it is is a pair of floating eyes in the dark. Holy and shit. sure, it might be CGI, but damn, dude, it's enough to, like, get you going. But you and I right now, we could go up to a place called... Okay, here we go. Sorry, Welsh listeners. Nat E. Garth Pass in Devonshire. Okay. It's like this mountain pass in a forest kind of thing. Or I guess it's like, I don't know if it's a mountain pass, but it's a really heavy forested area, and there's a road that cuts through it. And you see him there, and the dog ra- and the Wilgie ranges from this point to a village called Marquil. Mm. And in Marquil, like, just to the just to the edge of it, on the outside of town, there is something called the Lan-a-Bubak-de, which means the Lane of the Black Spectre. And the biggest takeaway, Josh, is two things. Number one, these dogs are probably still real, or not, I don't know. But number two, you and me got to learn Welsh, dude, because yeah. screw Greek, screw Japanese, screw everything we've tried. We need to learn the most incomprehensible one, <laughs> and then we can speak right, every and then we language. can speak That's... anything. Yeah, we can speak anything. Yeah, yeah. It, it'll be, uh, yeah, like, like a toss-up between Welsh or Polish. Or, that's it. You can take Welsh, I'll take Polish, and then between the two of us, we'll, we'll have mastered every other language on the face of the earth. <laughs> Don't give your kid Mario to start. Give it Dark Souls 3. <laughs> yeah. um, moving on from there, we're going to go to Scotland to something called the Muckle Black Tyke. Once again, mm. this is a giant dog, but this dog is said to either attend and or preside over witches' Sabbaths. And sometimes it's the devil. Sometimes it's not, but sometimes the devil just comes to Earth for Witch's Sabbath to make sure that everything is cool. Okay. Which, all right, good enough for me. Um, these stories are also thought to be, and this is this is my, like, contentious bit for the episode, stories of the Muckle Black Tyke. Some people think that this is what inspired Arthur Conan Doyle to write uh, The Hound of the Baskervilles. Oh, right, right, uh-huh, uh-huh. Because Doyle was a Scotsman, he would have grown up with these legends, but then there's some people that say that he got those ideas from the legend of something called the Beast of Dartmoor, which is another giant black dog. But now we're pretty sure the Beast of Dartmoor is just like a like population of breeding lions, okay. which is kind of cool to think about, too. Yeah, that's super We're cool. going to do, again, too, we're going to do alien big cats at some point, and Beast of Dartmoor is a big one. Mm. Like... There are leopards and lions in England. We just don't see them ever. And that's that's nuts. That is super cool. Woo. 
Uh, yeah, moving on from there, uh, this guy is shared with Scotland and Ireland. It's called the Cuse Sith. And this is not, so this is like another big black shaggy dog, but this one is more of a green color. Oh, interesting. Okay. And these are said to be like, these are fairy hounds. Mm. That's why they're green. They associate them with like the natural world more so than like death and malevolence, but they're still, you know, ooky spooky with, you know, big old glowing eyes and terrible breath. Right. They're also, they also, they're said to be the size of a calf. So we all know how big calves are. That's a pretty good sized dog. That's a decent sized dog. Yeah. 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 Um, they have their glowing eyes, but they also have a braided tail. And I think that's a neat little note because mm. we've talked before about like with our, way back when with our um, 12 Goblins of Christmas or whatever the hell episode it was. Oh, yeah. About how like fairies will screw with farmers by braiding their animals hair or like if you wake up and your hair's tangled, well, that's a fairy lock. The fairies did it to you while you're sleeping. Right, right. No, that is a nice, yeah, uh, yeah bit of uh, consistency, callback, whatever, whatever. Yeah, we're two wizards or nothing if we're not consistent, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sith hunt by giving three howls in the middle of the night. If you are out and about and you hear the first of these howls, you have until the third howl to get indoors, preferably back to your home because you shouldn't be out at night once again. Yeah. But if you do hear the third howl, the Sith will appear before you and drag you into the fairy underworld. Dang. <laughs> right? That's, that's like the most intense like game of like hide and seek um think fast kind of thing, you know, right? You just yeah, maybe maybe you couldn't help yourself, maybe you, you got to got to go to the well and get one more bucket of water cuz you I don't know something like that. And then yeah, you hear the first howl and then you have to sprint back, <laughs> sprint back to your house. Oh man. <laughs> I just can't imagine like having to get up in the middle of the night and take a shit. Right, yeah. Because there's wild dogs and... out there anyway, and you're sitting there, and you're half bleary-eyed, and you're just like, oh, I shouldn't have had that second helping of shepherd's pie. And you hear, and like, oh, it's fine, it's fine, we're almost dead, better out than in. <laughs> and by now you're totally empty, and you're like, oh, God, let me wipe, doggy. And you, like, got to <laughs> run into the house, and you can't, because the Q-Sith just drug your ass to hell. <laughs> I just, uh, and, and uh, I, I think we've pretty well established by now that, like, so many of these, yeah, creatures and stories and uh, whatever are basically just like, yeah, if it's if it's dark, stay home. Nothing good happens at night. Don't try to, yeah, do your laundry at night or whatever, you know. But, but it's just so funny to see that message getting repeated over and over again with all these regional variations where, yeah, we just yeah. don't. We just don't learn our lesson. It's like, oh, no, I'll, I'll have one more pint. I'll have one more pint. Let me just, you know, wrap it up with the boys at, at the tavern, and then I'll head home. It's like, no, bullshit, because then you'll get dragged down to the fairy world um, by this by this demon dog. <laughs> or you'll get kidnapped by a goblin. So you got to yeah. walk in, like, the road tracks, or, like, a, a light is going to lead you into, a, into like, a, a chasm. It's, yeah, <laughs> you're just going to die. Don't go out after dark. It's not a thing you should be doing. Yeah, it's not, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. <laughs> so after that, we got another kind of, I guess this is Welsh, but this is also more Irish. They're called the, and again, sorry guys, the Quan Anwan, and that's the hounds of, I don't know how you say it, Anno, An Anwan, I don't know. 
Um, so this dude, so these are giant ghost dogs that belong to Gwyn Apnud, the ruler of Anwen, or that that's like the underworld in like some Irish stuff, I guess. Okay. It's like it's the paradise inside the inner earth. Number one callback. Mm. Oh, but yeah. this is like from different like different bent but same idea. I gotcha. And these anim- and these hounds are used during something called the wild hunt. Also, put a pin in this for future episode huh? ideas. It's not just the witcher that has a wild hunt. No, it's apparently it's everywhere. And I knew like about the the you know, the kind of northern tradition of it, and, like you're 20 years old, you get shit housed on Christmas like the week of Christmas and you go raise hell with your buddies cuz that's what you do when you're a kid. But <laughs> This is this is a different one, and apparently this guy will hunt during the nights of religious feasts. Mm. And I think the big takeaway from that is no, you need to be at mass, and or no, you need to be you know at home. Don't don't go out during these feasts. It's not when you need to be screwing around. They're also associated with um, the migrations of geese, because apparently goose honks sound like dog barks in the sky. Hmm. I, I'll buy it. Whatever. Okay, this is, sure. you know, five hundred in Ireland. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Hell geese. <laughs> Which also, like, if, if if ever there is an animal, uh, yeah, to be associated with like hell and pain and suffering, that isn't a dog. Definitely a goose. <laughs> Maybe that's what it should be. Is like hell geese, not <laughs> black dogs in all the surrounding English. Lands and now we're gonna get into England because they're everywhere. Josh, they're so what would you call this prevalent in England that it is easier to list the two places that they don't exist, and that is in Middlesex and Rutland County. That, those are the only two places in the whole of England where these black dogs do not appear in some form or another. Okay, they have a ton of different names they can be Harry Jack, the Skirker, Padfoot, Capplewaith, Churchyard Beast. The Shug Monkey, the Moody Doo, the Guy Trash, the Swooning Shadow, or the Bogey Beast. And yeah, I listed those in order of funness. <laughs> <laughs> and here's just me rattling off a couple fun snippets, because these stood out to me, and I thought they were hilarious. Uh, Galley Hill in Lutton. Or Luton? I don't know. Also, sorry, England. I don't know how to say your words either, I guess. Uh, Luton, Lutton. They have had a black dog haunting them since ever since sometime during the 16th or 17th century when their gibbet was struck by lightning and burnt down. Whoa. Whoa. So that one's kind of cool. Yeah, that one's neat. Like, I like that idea. That's... Your, your gallows are struck by lightning and burned down. Oh, you get a hellhound. That's, that's legit. That's pretty stinky. And I don't know if they built a new set or not, but there you go. And, um... Beckwith Castle in Surrey, it is haunted nightly by just a big old black dog. Apparently you can see this dog if you go there. <laughs> At um Ivlet Bridge, there is a headless dog that is seen haunting the bridge and it will jump in oh. it will jump over travelers' heads into the water. I and if you see it, then you're gonna die. But the weirdest part about this is that this dog, being headless, can still bark and scare the shit out of you. I do. Which is the worst thing that I've ever heard of. Yeah, I, was, I do not like that. Do not like, do not want. Oh, man. Yeah, especially if, if ah, that just makes it so much worse somehow. Like, if it's a if it's a headless hell hound that can still bark and, like, make you die. Oh, God. That's not okay. It's... It's a weird thing, yeah. That's not um, okay. If you, 
if you see it, you will die, but the last person to see it died 100 years ago. Or the last time that someone saw it and died happened 100 years ago. Okay, I guess. So, yeah. maybe this dog gave up the ghost, as it were. Huh? Ho, 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 ho. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Canic Chase in Staffordshire has two do- has two black hounds that they've named. There is the Hendisford Hellhound and the Slitting Mill Bastard. <laughs> These dogs are there enough that they have names, and I I didn't find anything if like if like the Hendisford Hellhound is like bigger or maybe like the sit- the Slitting Mill Bastard is like a different shade of black mm. or, or like maybe it's more matte color or like. <laughs> Oh, no, the one is definitely a Mastiff, while, like, the other one is, like, oh, there goes the slitting mill bastard. It's a pug. Oh, he's terrible. (laughs) Like a little corgi. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, also, I learned a fun, this is, you brought it up, and I forgot to mention it, but here we go. Fun word. Do you know what corgi, do you know where we get the word corgi from, Mr. Entomology? Uh, it's, um, well, because... I know that, like, corgis are apparently what, like, fairies ride into battle. So does it have to do something with that? No, it just means uh, dwarf dog. Cor means dwarf. Gi is dog. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's where the Gwilgi gets its name. Gwil being wild oh, and yeah. Gi meaning dog. Yeah, I should have said, I should have mentioned that bit, but you said corgi and it kind of jumped my memory. I think that's adorable. No. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. It's just, yeah. yeah. Uh, wild dog, small dog. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, so and then um in Cornwall, there were a number of mining disasters in the 1800s that were blamed on two black dogs harassing miners and being spotted around the mine. Mm. And part of me wonder I kind of wonder if like some of this isn't like I wonder if black dog is like a term they use for like some type of, I don't know, like, some type of weird gross drink or something. And it's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> avoid black dog. Black dog will kill you. Well, what happened to all these miners? Oh, man, bad yeah. case of black dog. Yeah, little little, I, little too frequent sightings of the of the old black dog there. Um, well, and, I, and I'm drinking a Jet Black Heart stout, so may, maybe. Yeah. Maybe could be. Yeah, maybe that was, uh, yeah, over time, like, kind of twisted from... Yeah, like a black beer or something like that. Hmm, that is interesting. Maybe not a beer, but like, or, 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 yeah, I, I don't some know, because of... like you know, like what, like they used to call rum black strap or something. I think, right? Because well, uh, it was made of molasses. Right, right. Yeah, there's black strap molasses. I mean, could and, be something about. I, I don't know. I, I wonder if that's not one of those weird things. Or it's like, you know, World War II pilots would have malfunctions in their engines and oh yeah, it's the it's the gremlins messing with it. It's just yeah. you're explaining it away you're explaining away something with nothing at all. I d I don't know. Um that's no, but that is an interesting that is an interesting question. Hmm. It's one of those things that I wish I had the foresight or not foresight. I wish I had the time to look more into it, but I don't and I wouldn't even know how to go about looking into the names of local I or local English drinks from the 1800s, so I'll yeah, just you, pat would that one on be. the head too, and yeah. <laughs> well, or or uh, spin that into your own graduate school uh, mythological comparative literature folklore studies uh, PhD application. I mean, just just saying, just saying. 
be a cool thing. It'd be super cool. It'd be super cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, rounding out here in the more northern of England, mm -hmm. up in York, they have something called a bargast, or bargest, depending on the spelling and where you're seeing it at. And once again, Josh, this is a giant black dog with long, sharp teeth and claws. But these ones scare the shit out of me. Because these dogs live in the town of York, and they haunt these things called snickleways. Now, snickleways are, the wee, are these wee tiny, like, passages in between houses. They're not big enough to be an alley, but they go all through York. Whoa. And I make the point to name the word snickleway because it was first named by a guy named mark w jones in 1983 <gasps> ah, and i thought that was great that's super cool that but also yeah i was like oh shit i've made a point on twitter of following every dude i see named mark jones and most of them are out of england <laughs> i can dig it i can dig. yeah well and to to return to that idea of and, and like you didn't necessarily say that this was something that like happened like late at night or in the in the dark or whatever but i could just imagine right yeah maybe you're up there in york and a hard day at the factory or whatever and you go to the pub and you and you have maybe a little too much to drink and you're trying to find your way back home through these like claustrophobic like tight little not even alleyways between uh houses and yeah, and then there's like this big ferocious black dog uh, chasing you down. Like, oh my god, that'd be that'd be horrible. Packs of roving dogs are a, are a thing. Like, yeah, exactly. Especially back, especially like back when. I mean, even now, like they're still a nuisance. But I cannot imagine, you know, back in the 1800s or something. Like, don't go outside. Don't even do it in the day. Do not go through the right. snickleways because you know there's dogs that live back in there. Like, and if it's not a dog, it's you know old no tooth Joe who's going to gum you to death. You right. Like, it's just, <laughs> yeah. just don't do it kids. It's not a fun thing. Yeah. It's not a, well, and uh, I'm, I'm, I, that made me think of uh, this sort of like staple stock character in like old timey cartoons of like the dog catcher. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I, yeah, if it's the 1800s and uh, people are dropping down left and right of rabies and there's packs of uh, feral dogs roaming the streets and like yeah terrorizing your 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 city uh yeah that makes a lot of sense and now it's you know, now it's just like oh no he the dog catcher is going to get tom and jerry even though they're a cat and a mouse it's like man we want to talk about um yeah like totally uh uh covering up like the real need for like oh how many babies have been eaten this week from <laughs> by these like yeah feral packs of dogs? Ugh. Yeah, Ugh. I, it's a joke. Like I hear a dingo eating your baby. Like that right. was a thing that happened. Yeah. It was you know, and yeah, that's Australia, but still, man. But still, like, yeah. The point remains. Oh boy. Mm. Mm. Um. Yeah. Like I know, I know people that have been attacked by coyotes, and yeah, these are wild dogs out in nature and shit. But like. It's the thing. Dogs are dangerous. I know we love them. Ha ha ha. But yeah, shit, and, man. And man's best friend and uh, all that stuff. And yeah, cute corgis and whatever. But but it is. I think. And I think that's a lot of kind of what's driving. Uh, yeah, this this recurring hellhound thing is like yeah, like or just dogs like flip out sometimes. And like yeah, even like this 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 uh, companion, this pet of yours, just will get a wild hair and just like flip out and bare its teeth and start snarling and growling and all yeah. that. 
And that's scary as shit. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you been near Chihuahuas? I have. They're terrible. <laughs> yeah. All they do is bite and piss on you. That's all they do. <laughs> there was so uh, some some friends when I was back in Alamosa. Some friends they were they were going on like a like a week long trip or whatever, and they they asked me to dog sit just to like you know like hey stop by a couple times and let them outside to use the bathroom, make sure they have food and all that. And they had two. Uh, Yorkshire Terriers, so two little Yorkies and a Chihuahua. And oh the Chihuahua was like fairly new to them. It was a rescue, probably came from like a pretty bad home life before go- before our friends adopted them. So this Chihuahua didn't know me very well. And again, I'm like six, I'm almost six and a half feet tall. I'm a, I'm a big thing to a little Chihuahua. Yeah. And so, like, the two Yorkies, they knew me, and so they went outside and did their business, and the Chihuahua went outside and did his business. And then I was like, all right, guys, time to time to kennel back up, or, like, time to go back into the kitchen where the little, like, fence is. And so the Yorkies kind of bounce in, bounce, 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 and give them some treats. And this Chihuahua is terrified. And so it took me, honestly, like, 20 minutes. And, 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 I'm, and I'm this entire time, I'm realizing how bad this looks, like... Okay, the optics of like this giant thing, like, like stalking after a chihuahua and like trying to corner it. It's like I know this is freaking you out. I'm sorry. I'm trying to like leave little like a, a trail of like dog bones to like into the kitchen. It's not working. And the entire time, this thing is just shitting everywhere. <laughs> it's oh, just. God. It's little. It's like, look, you are outside for ten minutes. How do you still have poop in you? And it's just shitting all over the house because it's so terrified. That there's this big giant human chasing it around. But I finally I finally get it back into the kitchen. Finally get the chihuahua back into the kitchen. And it and again, it's also like snarling and barking and has its teeth out like crazy. Finally get back into the kitchen, try to clean up all this dog poop to the best of my ability. And then I text those friends like, Hey, so bit of uh yeah, just letting you know when you get back from your vacation, <laughs> had a bit of an incident with your chihuahua. <laughs> God, and then they bought me a six pack of beer afterwards. It's like we're so sorry you went through that, Josh. It's like no, it's I understand. This thing was freaked out. It was it came from like an abused home, or it was like abusing its previous home. Here's this big scary guy. So like, but also thank you for the beer because that was literally shitty. <laughs> literally, <laughs> it was a shit tornado. Yeah, it was a shit. It was it was a shit show. <laughs> All right, so one one last big famous case here in England. Sure. Maybe the most famous of all black dog cases. I don't know. This is the first thing that pops up if you look up English black dog or English hellhound. And that is the black shuck. Mm. Have you heard of this guy at all? I have not, actually. All right, cool. Um, So it takes its name from the old English sucka, which means devil. And you find them throughout England, but these cases are... Or the, the one I'm about to lay down for you is like one of the most famous cases because we actually have maybe physical evidence of this thing. Um, so it was described in 1901, and this guy does it better than I can by a guy named W.A. Dutt in his book Highways and Byways in East Anglia. He takes the form of a large black dog and prowls along the dark lanes and lonesome foot field footpaths where, although his howling makes the hearer's blood run cold, his footfalls make no sound. 
You may know him at once, should you see him, by his fiery eye. He has but one, and that, like the Cyclops, is in the middle of his head. But such an encounter might bring you the worst of luck. It is said that to meet him is to be warned of your death will occur before the end of the year. So you, so you will do well to shut your eyes if you hear him howling. Shut them even if you are uncertain whether the dog is the fiend or the voice of the wind that you hear. Should you never set eyes on our Norfolk Snarlyow, fun name for Black Shuck, uh, <laughs> you may perhaps doubt his existence, and like other learned folks, tell us his story is nothing of the old Scandinavian myth of the Black Hound of Odin, brought to us by the Vikings who long ago settled the Norfolk coast. Okay, maybe. Cool, sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And just in case you were curious about what they had to say in, you know, maybe the earlier time, this comes from the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle. And this is found in the Petersburg Chronicle in 1127. Just, that blows my mind that we have shit from 1127. Yeah, and man. if you could go back and tell them that some dude is going to reference it on a podcast, they'd be like, what is this podcast? Thou art a witch. Burn him. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Let no one be surprised at the truth of what we are about to relate, for it is common knowledge throughout the whole county immediately hereabout. It was Sunday when they sing the Exurge Quare. Many men saw, both saw and heard a great number of huntsmen hunting. The huntsmen were black and huge and hideous. They rode on black horses and black he-goats, and the hounds were jet black with eyes like saucers and horrible. This was seen in the very deer park of the town in Peterborough, in all the woods that stretch from the town of Stamford, and in the nights the monks heard them sounding and, wind, and winding their, or winding their horn. Let's try that again. The ma monks heard them, heard them sounding and winding their horns. Reliable witnesses who kept watch all night declared there might well have been as many as twenty or thirty of them winding their horns as near as they could tell. This was seen and heard from all the time of his arrival, all through Lent right up to Easter. So for at least forty days. People were, like, seeing what they thought were ghost dogs, specifically this black shuck. That's and crazy. this is the... This is cool to me, too. I mentioned earlier the, um... I can't think of... The, the, the Sun Awat Sinanon, whatever the hell they're called. The QAnon hounds. That's not it. Um... <laughs> The fairy dogs doing their wild hunt. And here yeah, is yeah. another implication of it, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's crazy to me. But here, finally, we get to, like, the point of all this. Because, Mark, what are you going after? Well, goddamn it, Josh... On August 15, 1577, at the Holy Trinity Church in Bungay, um, the Black Shuck juggernauted through the church doors with huh? a thunderclap. What? So literally, this thing appeared. So, And I am going to read you this account. Um, this is from Abraham Fleming. This is his account. A, stra a strange and terrible wonder. And also, this is Old English, so sorry. Not old, but 1500s English. Going to get weird. Mm-hmm. This black dog, or in the devil, such a likeness, God he knoweth all, who worketh all, running along all down the body of the church with great swiftness and incredible haste, among the people in invisible form and shape, passed between two persons as they kneeled upon their knees, and occupied in prayer, as it seemed, wrung their necks of both of them at an instant, clean, and wrung their necks in an instant clean backward, and so much that even a moment where they kneeled, they strangely died. Whoa. So, this hellhound blows in through the church, kills two people by wringing their throats out. Somehow, and I don't know how he pulled this off, he collapsed the steeple of the church. And then it blew out the other side of the... And then it blew out through another set of church doors and left a set of, like, burn marks where its claws hit the door. That's so... Oh, my God. 
it's nuts. It's crazy and it's dumb and it's nuts. But maybe. And yeah. this area is still reported to see this weird giant black dog. Locals kind of call it bullshit, but other people, not so much. Um, I watched a deal on YouTube from like, it was a BBC deal from like 1950-something. Mm. And there was this sweet old, it was this sweet old man, and I'm sure, I, I don't know, I am want to believe that any dude living in the English countryside is the sweetest guy ever, and maybe he was yeah. a piece of shit. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But he was—he just told the stories like, "Oh, I saw the black shock, and he <laughs> ran up the road up there, and he looked at me, and he had red eyes, and it was horrible." And I ran inside and said, "Mummy, mummy, the black shock is on the road," and so we prayed that Ail Mary and I was safe. And what? They're still seeing it. And this was 1950. This dude, as a little boy, would have seen it, you know? But Right. Well, I guess he would have seen it like 1920-something, but yeah. That's, oh my god. Yeah, I just... <sighs> just little things like this. Little hangovers of this thing that still exists. Mm-hmm. And maybe they do exist. You know, it's all these little things, and it's so cool to me. And since we're at church, there's one more that I want to give before I get into, like, our second act here. Okay. In yep. Scandinavia... They have ghost dogs. So up until now, these dogs have been real dickheads. They right. they look at you, they mm-hmm. kill you, they bark at you headlessly and jump into the river and scare yeah. the shit out of you and of you know ruin your night. Mm-hmm. But in Scandinavia, they have this like story of a thing called a church grim. Hmm. And church grims are the ghosts of dogs that protect the church and the church's grounds. And it's terrible. So trigger warning for animal lovers. Um. You get a church grim by when you're building a church, you throw a dog alive into the foundation and bury it. Mm-hmm. And from that, you get the church grim dog. And you can also get a church grim lamb by throwing a live lamb underneath where you would put the, um, oh, what the hell, the altar. Oh, okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You throw a lamb alive underneath the altar, and then that lamb will protect the inside of the church and... Apparently, if you are in church, you can see manifestations of this lamb. And if, like, there's services going on, you can see the lamb. But if you're in church and there's no services, you will see the dog. Wow, that's just kind of a, that's super And these are said to patrol the graveyards. Like, they'll walk up and down the churchyard in the graveyards and, like, mm-hmm. they'll protect the graves. These aren't bad things unless you're there as screw st- with stuff. Then they are bad. Right, right. That's that is super interesting, and and yes, also like not at all to make light of, uh, yeah, like killing animals in the construction of these buildings, but man, that's fascinating. Ooh. That being said, I also think like ancient animal cruelty in its own right is kind of hilarious. We're building a church. What do you want to do? Oh, uh, grab that dog and throw it into it. I get, like, burnt sacrifice. I get, like, animal sacrifice, kind of, sort of, like, you burn the body, the smell goes up to heaven, the gods Mm -hmm. eat the smell. But just stuff like that is, I don't want to say dumb. It's, it it is dumb, but it's not dumb. I don't know, but it's funny to me. It is. It is a sort of, like, you can tell. (laughs) It's like, okay, we're still kind of figuring this out. We know... There's something to kind of do with this. And, and and sacrifice, animal sacrifice, could be a full-on, like, multi-part series, too. Um, it probably will be, because I probably be will really be really down to get more into that. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. But I, but I also, I think there's something, uh, I hesitate to say neat, but there's something interesting, too, where it's like, oh, like, here's one thing to protect, like, the, the outer, the exterior of the church grounds. And then a different thing to protect the interior. I think that's yeah. I think that's fascinating too. Mm. 
And depending on the context of it, you will see a different thing. If right. you see anything at all. Right, 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 right. Mm. Um, these big black church grims also have one more um, job. They ring the bell at midnight every night. Oh. Which would piss me the fuck off if I was asleep and a bell starts <laughs> ringing at midnight. True, yeah, that would, yeah. <laughs> but what, like, the Sacred Heart goes off at 6 a.m. here, and I'm usually up, but sometimes I just think to myself, God, if I was still sleeping, I'd be pissed at this. Yeah. I get mad when the, you know, garbage truck wakes me up at 4 a.m. Yeah, like, or the trains, they were now almost so, oh, The trains, boy. yeah. Oh, God, blaring, blaring their whistle at, yeah, 5.30. But I, I can't imagine, like being, you know, in my sleepy little Scandinavian town and, you know, 18-whatever and just, you know, laying in my uncomfortable woolen sheets. And yeah. I finally drifted to sleep and bong, 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 son of a bitch. Yeah, that would that would be less fun. That would be less fun about that. All right, Josh. So hellhounds from all over the, mm-hmm. the, the, the span of England and Ireland and tapping on the head yep. of Scandinavia – But now, I said before that this is going to be a love letter to a certain group of people. We've been a little mean to them, and here I'm going to apologize, and we're going to kick into France. This next, (laughs) this act two is going to be all about really just one incident in France. Okay. Holy shit, buddy. But before we do that, I have updated my Wizard's Goblet, Tankard, Chalice, uh, Game of Thrones cup that says I drink and I know things, and now... I am drinking a Red Snapper, which our viewers might remember Ooh. from our Vampire Beast of Bladenboro episode. Ooh, weird. Anyway, is a uh, it's a Bloody Mary, but you use gin instead of vodka. Yes. Yes. And I am, and, and I guess I'm sort of like being the yin to your yang there. Like you start off with coffee, now you're moving to booze. I start off with booze. And I mean, because it is still kind of the day and I have some... I have some emails and things I need to write, so I'm 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 actually just gonna like kind of chill back. I think I have a little coffee left over, or maybe just like switch it up to water. Uh, but 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 hey, buddy, here's I, with the last little bit of my uh, Jet Black Heart Vanilla Oatmeal Milk Stout um, on nitro. Here's Anya. Cheers, buddy. Which I guess I forgot to mention that to you. This is a tall boy. This is a, this is a oh right on. Yeah, uh, like yeah, like a 16 ounce can. So. Woo. <laughs> tall boy nitro right on <laughs> yeah. okay so yes i know we have we have dogged on the french coincidentally actually just uh re-watched ratatouille this weekend uh so we can do that we, we can we can call that into uh but oh, okay so what 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 sort of like French hellhounds, big scary black dogs are we talking about? Because because this is something that I didn't realize was a thing. Well, so when I say hellhound, I mean this in the loosest term possible. Sure. But, right. So the first, so France does have its own kind of like black dog sightings, like like England does, like everybody else does. Their first one was recorded in 856. A hound Dang. materialized in a church. Walked up and down the whatever you call that the, what the procession I don't know what you call the middle aisle. It walked I, up and down that, oh, yeah, and then it just right. vanished. That was all it was, and it didn't do anything. <laughs> but just, Wikipedia it was, it said it was water. important to include, and I'm just like, fine, we'll do that, Wikipedia. And now okay. we take a hard turn into something called, and once again, if I mispronounce any of these French names and places and words, I am super sorry. Here we go. Um, 
But I'm pretty sure I've got this one down at least. La Bête du Gévaudan. Okay. Alright. What follows, Josh, is a horror movie. This is the most horror movie that we've ever gotten. More so than, like, the Vampire Beast of Bladenboro being proto-Jaws. This shit's insane. It has everything you need. It's got high court intrigue. It's got wolf hunters. It's got a mad beast on the la- on the loose just murdering. And I want to give a shout-out to my sources for this. Um, beast by Gustavo Sanchez Romero and La Bête du Gévaudan.fr, a dude named Herve Boyce. And it's a cool site. It translated from France, so it's kind of hard to piece together and read. But this right, dude yeah. is absolutely nutty for this, and apparently his great-grandfather was the son of the chronicler who, like, laid all this down or something. Dang. And he, it's a free site to use, but he all he asks is that you say hi sure. and cite him. So, hey, guys, we're citing Hello. you. Thank you Thank so you. much. Yeah. Thank you for your work, and we are we hope to do it justice by sharing it uh, with with a different audience. So yeah, thank yeah. you. And this has been covered a lot. You can look at podcasts on this dude, and they do maybe a better job than I did. But I read two books and tried to write this out phonetically. So shut up. <laughs> God damn it. So here we go. La Bête de Gévaudan. Accounts on its appearance differ. They're all kind of the same. They all said the same thing that it was probably a or it looked like a really big wolf. And let's just take a sec and talk about wolves super quick. They stand about two foot tall at the shoulder to about five feet long. Like, that's, you know, stem to stern. And mm-hmm. they can weigh up to about 170 pounds. Good enough. That's, yeah, it, yeah, it's that's a, a, it's a big dog. It's, yeah. it's a big dog. 170 pounds is a pretty solid-sized dog. But just a thing that's almost as tall as I am is impressive to me. But right. Labit was different. And also, we should point out, because everything else I read points it out, um, Labet is a, it's a, it's a female word. But this oh. thing might have been male. It also might okay. have been two things. We now think it might have been two things at once. Hmm. But they call it Labet. I'm calling it Labet. And I'm going to yeah. switch its sex to fit my purposes narratively. And I didn't do it on purpose, but I get lazy and don't write the same thing all the time. <laughs> No, you, you we're, we're acknowledging that, yeah, there's this multiplicity of... Um, yeah. Yeah, right, 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 right. So one thing everybody could agree on is that Labette had an elongated head like a greyhound, a flat snout, stubby pointed ears, a super wide mouth full of, of course, teeth, because what else is it going to be full of? Right. But instead of being... Um, instead of being, like, you know, jet black like all the other hounds we've talked about, this one was more kind of like a gray slash ruddy color some accounts Mm. have it some accounts say that it like has stripes others say that it has kind of spots um but everybody said that along its gray hide up its back it had a ridge of black fur and this black fur kind of stood on end so it looked like it had kind of like a tuft or a mane okay yeah um some accounts of it say that it was as big as a large wolf or that it was as big as a horse or a cow. A lot of thi- a lot of people reported saying that its chest was as big as a horse's. That is a very big dog. <laughs> That's a very, very big dog. Very big dog. <laughs> it also had a tail that was longer than a wolf and terminated with a little tuft of fur on the back. Ooh. Yeah, kind of kind of sweet. So our our story. So we're gonna we're gonna paint this as a movie, Josh. So like, black screen, right? And in the black screen, you just see in white text, France, June, seventeen sixty four. 
so here we are in this beautiful sweeping meadow in the French countryside of Gévaudan, and a young Jean Bollet, 14, is, you know, she's out herding her sheep, because this is what you do when you're a kid in France. Also, mm-hmm. holy shit, trigger warnings ahead for child murder, because it happens a bunch! Dun, dun, dun. Like, oh my god, it happens so much. <laughs> so many kids die. Alright, here we go. <laughs> Also, my timeline of kills is not comprehensive yeah. because we don't have a comprehensive timeline. And like I said, I kind of strung together the major kills from what I got a lot of like yeah. my, my, my base timeline came out of that beast book. And then I correlated it with the website and then I correlated it with a second book. But okay, here we right. go. Yeah, yeah, but 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 also not do not queue up the Nintendo Wii Shop music. Not not the time and place. Not appropriate. <laughs> no, because I'm gonna recall when it goes ha 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 La France. Yeah. <laughs> and there's an an accordion. Yeah, kind of like that. And okay, okay. Oh, but so, that was the last time I made old. fun of French people. Here we go. Yeah, okay, fourteen so, year old uh, Jean yep. Boulet. Mm-hmm. She was out tending her um, her family's livestock. In this case, they were sheep, and the beast ran down the mountain and killed her ass. Eesh. Just just straight up murdered her. Yeah. She was killed in the middle of this meadow. It's it's important to note here that most times this thing avoided livestock and went straight for humans. Ah, oh, that's screwed up. That's so screwed up. <laughs> it's real screwed up, and we'll get into a little bit later. But it's it gets real weird here. Um, it, so that happened in June. In August, it killed four people, three boys and a, or three girls and a boy. On September sixth, it killed a local witch. She wasn't a witch, but both the book Beast and the website made a point to call her a witch because we, they would have called her a witch back in 1756. She was really just a herbalist. But okay, this woman right. is out in her garden picking herbs, and in town, and the beast got the drop on her and murdered her. <sighs> Uh, September 16th, so by September 16th, uh, shit had kind of gotten bad, and the people of Jevodon were, this is a bit, you gotta, also gotta understand this is a big region, this is almost like, I don't want to say a state, state's too big, but this is a big region, so there's all these locations, but mm-hmm. it's a big span of area, and so the people have kind of come together and go, look, this is worse than a wolf attack, because the wolves usually take, like, a lamb, once or twice, but not this often, not this bad, and so they get together at a church meeting and say, well, we're going to put up a wolf hunt and uh, we're going to put a bounty of 90 livre on it. And that's, it, it, it'd be 90 pounds. I think a livre is, what, four ounces of silver or something? So 90 livre uh, yeah, is yeah. quite a bit of money. Right, right. A young boy named uh, Claude Marine, he was 12 years old. He decided that he was going to get up on this um, beast hunt. And his dad said, no, you're not. You're 12. You're going to go herd cattle out in the wilderness instead. <laughs> so what Claude Marine did was he took a knife and tied it to his shepherd's staff. And he was out herding cattle with the family dog, Ralph. And La Bet- <laughs> or the uh, uh, beast makes a point to name the dog as Ralph. I don't know why we na- know the dog's name is Ralph, but I think it's very cute. Oh. <laughs> so they're herding cattle when La Bette drops on them, um, gives Ralph the old one-two, and then attacks the boy Cloud. Cloud manages to stab the beast in its back, at which point it was said to whip around, break the spear, and then Cloud got it again in the throat with the knife end of it, but the beast killed Cloud and the dog. So that's kind of sad. Mm, that is, that is. 
September 29th, 12-year-old Magdalene Morat was also killed while herding cattle. It, it's just so screwed up, and, I'm, and I'm, I guess I'm really fixated on this point that, like, there's, yeah, sheep and cows and all this other things, but this, this, this motherfucker is going, like, straight to the humans. Ah, that's so screwed up. We'll talk about it a little bit later, because this okay. is one of those okay. weird sticky points of this case. Okay, okay, yeah. On October the 8th, an unknown girl's head was found, and then her body was found two days later. <sighs> the same day, a kid named Jean Guitel was attacked, but he managed to fight the beast off, and he lived. And so, it's important. Not everybody getting attacked by the beast is getting killed by the beast. Some people are surviving. Mm-hmm. There was one account where a girl, and I don't have her name, but she was herding cattle, and the beast attacked her, went for her, and apparently cattle get protective of their caregivers. Cattle will, like, look at humans that they're around all the time as, like, part of their herd or whatever. Okay. So cattle will get real shitty and, not shitty and territorial, but, like, shitty and protective. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. they circled the girl, and the uh, bulls drove it off, which I think is pretty damn cool. That is soup. Yeah, that is that is pretty damn cool. In October, on October the twelfth, it was hunted and shot near Chateau Le Balm. There's this big like forest in this region, and that's where they kind of think the beast was localized out of. And so mm. at this point, people have been going out and trying to find and kill this thing because it's kind of putting a damper on like the economy, and it's killing a bunch <laughs> of kids, and we're afraid to right. leave our goddamn houses. <coughs> mm-hmm. And so they're organizing hunts all the time and basically dudes just go into the forest with muskets and spears and pitchforks and try to kill it. But in this case, a guy took a shot at it and nailed it. And he, he huh? hit the beast and it was said that it went down and then it got back up and bounded into the woods. Uh... And as this keeps happening, so we have Cloud who stabbed it twice. We have this dude who shot it once. It's probably been hit a couple other times by other people. But a reoccurring theme that we are now going to get out of all these stories of when you see La Bette is that, nah, this damn thing is bulletproof. It gives it this weird supernatural bent. In November, she just killed four dudes just for funsies. That's what she did. It did. They did. Whatever. She hit. She, he, it, they. That thing killed four people. In December, it was sighted with the second creature, which is... Kind of weird. It was it, so they think here that it was sighted with another one of its species or its pack or whatever. This other creature might have been one of its offspring, but oh, they uh... weren't really so sure. Okay, okay. And we got to backtrack just a touch here. So this whole time, this shit's been going on. The people are petitioning the king. So King Louis the Fifteenth, he says, "Okay, well we're gonna put a stop to this," and he sends a dude named Captain Jean-Baptiste Duhamel, the first captain of the Claremont Dragoons, he took 30,000 troops into the Gévaudan. And they were going to find this son of a bitch and wolf. We have talked before. Right now, the, the, the prevailing theory is that it's a wolf. We're going to find this wolf. We're going to kill it. We're going to, you know, tack it to a board and make a cool hat out of it. That's what we're going to do with this wolf. So he takes 30,000 people. Remember in Beast of Bladenboro, they got, what, 800 people to go beat the swamps, and you and I thought mm-hmm. it was insane? Well, t- screw that. This is 1754 in France. We're getting a little... Not a, not a posse. This ain't a posse anymore. This is like the Grand Armée of France. Yeah, let's just... <laughs> I was say, yeah. What is, the, what, is the, what is the French word for... Uh, yeah, les, les, les grands posse. Or, oh, my God. <laughs> No, this is. This is like... Posse um, Madonna. Posse. 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's all right. Biggest rap posse goes to Wu-Tang Clan. What? <laughs> posse Madonna. <laughs> um, family Guy joke that no one's going to get. So, um, first first Captain Jean-Baptiste Duhamel arrives in, in the Gévaudan with his 3,000 troops. Um, on Halloween Day of 1754, and I think that's such a stupid, cool thing that, like, this shit is a horror movie because you have a hero yeah. riding into town on goddamn Halloween, and that's neat. That's super cool. That's super cool. On November the 25th, it decapitated a woman named Catherine Vallée. She was a widow, and for some reason, Duhamel decided that, like, this woman who was decapitated would make the perfect bait because he was under the assumption that this beast would return to the sites of its kills to eat later. So they poisoned the woman's dead body and left it out. Oh my God. Ugh. And nothing, nothing happened, but he's, this is one of Duhamel's ideas and tricks that he does a lot. He is all about poisoning dead bodies. Hmm. On December the third, it kind or, or in December, it went kind of nuts, but slowed down on kills. It attacked a bunch of people but it only ended up killing a 12-year-old girl whose body was also poisoned because Duhamel was like, yeah, poison that shit. <laughs> and it's important to note that at this point, shit is bad. This is ending on the, the end of the year. It's winter is here. And shit's real bad. The beast is killing people left and right. Duhamel and his 30,000 men are doing nothing. They are pissing off the local townsfolk because 30,000 people need, you know, they need... They need housing and supplies and sustenance and all this shit. And here we go into winter. Some people are certain that the beast is going to die in winter because they're so certain that this is, like, something from Africa. They think it's a lion. They're calling it a lion or a hyena. And remember, this is 1754, so we know about this shit. Right, Even right. weird peasants in the heart of heartland of France are going to know about this kind of stuff. So the idea is that, no, this is something from Africa. And it will die in the cold because it can't handle the cold. Mm. Duhamel is also having problems because his dialect of France or of French might as well be like speaking, you know, Portuguese to Spanish speaking people. It's just uh, not the same. Gotcha. It's yeah. kind of the same, but not really the same. Um, they don't like him. They think he's a fancy boy from the king's court and they don't need <laughs> you here. Fancy Tom. They don't need you here. Fancy army boy. Well, and I'm sure they didn't appreciate. Um, yeah. Having all of their, uh, slain loved ones instead of getting like a proper burial and you know last you know it's like oh, oh no just just stuff them full with poison and, and put them out into the forest uh, I'm, I'm sure that wasn't like winning him much much uh, favor either yeah that so I, I'm glad you got here because we're about to talk about how insane this guy was okay okay good <laughs> so number one he organized hunting parties called beats and that's not like la bet it's beat as in b-e-a-t where okay. literally hundreds of dudes and villagers and his soldiers they go into forest and beat the forest to flush the beast <laughs> and he's really not getting results and people don't like him because they're sick of going out into the woods, maybe risking their own lives to maybe find a thing that may or may not be there. And mm -hmm. if it is there, you can't have it. It's also important to note that there is a law in France at this time that civilians are not allowed to be armed. 
Oh, interesting. Okay. You cannot have firearms. You can have, like, spears and pitchforks and stuff, and that's why so many people are fighting Labette with spears, but that's it. Like, so the only people with firearms are professional hunters or dudes like Duhamel and his men that actually have their muskets. It's also important to note, at this time, France is crazy poor because they just kind of lost the Seven Years' War. Yeah, true. true. Shit is bad in France. And, like... It's just bad all around, and people are blaming the army for this. France has lost a ton of its... France was at this time, right before, up until now, it was one of the most... It was like the most powerful nation on earth. It was probably bigger than England. England just doesn't want to admit it. But here, like, there's no faith in the army because the army can't do dick, and we're seeing this. But also, Duhamel is nuts because in addition to organizing these beats... He's also doing some crazy shit, like dressing his soldiers as women in hopes that it will attack women because the beast prefers to attack women. (laughs) He outfits his men in bonnets that have spikes around the neck and on the crown of the head so that hopefully the beast will run in, grab him by the (laughs) neck, bite down... It's so like wolf hounds have these anti-wolf collars. The wolves go for the neck, they bite the spikes, they run away from the dogs. Those are like oh the shepherd dogs and shit, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's doing it with people, and he's like, it'll be fine. He's also dressing up lambs as little children, because the beast loves to hunt children. <laughs> so men become women, and beasts and children oh become lambs. He also makes, uh, like, dummies. He just makes dummies of people. And he fills them up with poison blades and spikes. Some of them he fills with gunpowder. Apparently there were some that acted like a proto, like, almost landmine. And when you hit it hard enough, it would explode. And maybe we can Jaws this son of a bitch and beast. May, may oh my god. Maybe. <laughs> um, he at one point built a contraption... That was a giant wooden spring box trap. And I just, this is such a movie scene in my head. It's this giant, like, narrow trap that hopefully they can lure the beast into by tying a human baby or a soldier who can make human baby sounds onto a catch that can be ripped backward. (laughs) When the beast comes into the trap, it'll catch the pressure pad and then this trap will spring behind it, and then bam, you've got the beast and you've got it alive. Well, that one sure as shit didn't work. Oh my god. He also made his own special bullets, and you, you gotta understand, these are muskets that these people are using. It's like a shotgun, so it's like a side-by-side that he loads with, like, like, flechettes, so, like, pieces of metal, like, 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 strips of metal, then a musket ball, and then more flechettes. And so he gives the beast, you know, a one-two shot with both um, barrels, and hopefully all three of these bullets will be able to rip the hide apart and murder it. Oh, wow. He also took advice from a Mexican herder because at this point, this is world news. Like, Mm. again, this Mm. is 1756. The world is more or less connected as connected as we're going to get by this time. So everybody is writing advice columns about how to catch and kill Labette. Um, permits are offered to people from out of town to come and kill Labette. At one point, a Mexican herder says, you ought to poison the backs of the cattle, or, like, rub poison on the backs of the, like, calves. And maybe it'll go after that. It didn't work. There's so much rubbing of poison in this stupid, like, I'm gonna poison the corpse, I'm gonna poison these cows, I'm gonna poison this, like, sack of crap that we're using as a decoy. Like, (laughs) I just... 
just enough with the poison, guys. Like, okay, like, I can understand trying it out the first two or three times. Hey, maybe this will work. Okay, it's clearly not going after these poison, whatever. Let's try something else. I, I don't think the answer is just more more poison. Because it hasn't worked yet. And But you know yeah. what, too? People are seeing this thing in these hunts. They are flushing it. They are shooting it. There are tons of accounts of, I saw the beast. I shot the beast. And then it fell. And then the fucker got up and ran away into the forest. Oh, man. So, like, not only is Duhamel not successful, but no one's successful. And they can't kill this. Right, right. So the beast continues to hunt and stalk and kill things, and Louis ups the bounty from 900 livres to 6,000, which is an insane sum of money for 1700s France, especially, like, broke as all hell 1700s France. But we've kicked into the new year now, and there is a fun story in here, because the beast doesn't kill everybody it sees. On January 12th, 1765, a group of children were playing while they were, like, tending to their, you know, herd cattle and stuff. A couple boys were, like, practicing sword fighting. A couple boys were doing nothing at all until one of the youngest ones sees the beast. The beast mm. falls on the youngest one and drags him off into a swamp. <clears throat> and this is when these kids, led by a kid named, I gotta find his name here... Jacques Portefeuille, he fought, he's like, we're not running away. This kid's fate is going to be the same as ours. Either he lives or we die, but we're getting this kid and maybe we take this beast with us. So he rallies his little phalanx of kids with their little, you know, shepherd's crooks. Some of them have knives tied to them and cha they chase the beast carrying their friend into a bog. The beast gets stuck in the bog and they stab the shit out of it. They stab it, they beat the crap out of it, they rescue their little homie. And the story of Jacques is so famous that King Louis rewards him by giving him an education. Okay, that's... They don't that's kill the beast. But holy shit, they beat the shit out of the beast. And this little, like... <laughs> this kid who I think was like 12 at the time, like, he did work, man. It, it's that's great. Awesome. But then I gotta think, too, it's kind of screwed up, like, you know... Education's expensive back then or whatever, and it's like, oh, how'd you get here? Oh, I studied super hard, would you? I beat the shit out of a weird-looking dog with a stick. <laughs> yeah, C like... Can you read? No. <laughs> yeah, you better believe, uh, like, that new kid did not get picked on um, at the playground. The typical, like, hazing or whatever going on there is like, oh, yeah, you think you're going to mess with me? I stabbed the shit out of this giant wolf thing. Um, you're not going to mess with me. <laughs> We're not. We're, th th that dog won't hunt, Monsignor. Um, yeah. <laughs> so all this time, nothing's really come of it, and really the most successful we've gotten is this Portafay kid, because at least he like stabbed the shit out of the out of the beast. True. Um, True. On February seventeenth, seventeen sixty-five, a father and son team of wolf hunters, and here's where I'm sorry, French people, Jean Charles Marc Antoine Vamousset de Anneval, and his son Jean Francois. Because what the hell? Dad gets ten names and son gets one. John Francois. They arrive in town and immediately they start talking all this good shit to Duhamel. And they're like, you're not getting results. Your method isn't working. Stop beating the forest. We're going to go and hunt this the right way. So they show up. These guys are seasoned wolf hunters. They show up with their pack of eight wolf hunting dogs. And they start, like, slipping into the forest quietly. And, you know, like, hunting. Like, you should be hunting instead of trying to flush it. Like, wait for it to come to you kind of thing. Right, right. So they're there for four months, and they begin doing work. 
And they start just murdering wolves left and right, but none of them are the beast. There's still attacks happening that we can call the beast. Mm-hmm. So finally the Danavals, they kind of like cry off and they're like, well, we're not going to do this. We've been here for four months. It's not working. They've also made a shitload of money just killing wolves because there's still like 90 livre per hide or whatever. Like that's a right. ton of money. Yeah. It isn't no $6,000 reward or 6,000 livre reward, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the attacks are persisting, and so we enter the old gunslinger. You have the father-son duo. You have the military man, and now you have the old hat. He rolls into town. And this dude's name, Francois, and Francois Ant- Antoine, he is the king's 71-year-old gun bearer, so it's his job to load the king's gun when he hunts. And he's also the lieutenant of the hunts. If there is a guy who can kill this goddamn beast, it is... It's him. And it's, it's Antoine. That's all there is to it. Um, spoilers, it's not him, but (laughs) the beast kind of takes a little bit of a break from like May into like August, but then August, it really ramps up its attacks again on August 19th. It attacks a woman named Marie Jean Valet, but she fought the beast and successfully fought the beast off. She also stabbed the shit out of the beast. Like she's, she's a hero in France right now. Like not crazy, but She's a folk yeah. hero, and they gave her a statue, which I am sending to you presently, and it's badass. Okay. It's a woman, like, stabbing. She's, like, driving her, like, spear into the beast. It's it's pretty damn cool. Mm, okay, okay. But she drives it off, and then, like, they looked at her spear, and it was covered in blood. It was, like, she. this is one of the ones where they say that, like, she reports this thing's breast was as big as a horse's. Like, this thing is huge. And... Again, you get these survivors, and they give you the accounts, and maybe some of it is, like, not exaggerated, but whatever that, like, you know, eyewitness accounts are spotty at best under good conditions. Not yeah. when you're, like, fighting for your life, literally tooth and nail against a uh, giant unknown hell beast. On September 20th, Antoine, he's still in town, and he's got his son with him, too, and they're doing pretty well. They're killing some wolves, but they're not getting the big one. But finally, on September 20th, he kills a large gray wolf that they named, uh... The Loup de, Ch- de Chazé. It was said to be huge. Survivors positively identified the wolf by, like, marks on its body that they said, oh, that's where I shot that son of a bitch, or oh, that's where I stabbed it at. Dang. Oh, and this it, thing was this thing was I, really, really big. Like, what's up? Oh, I, I got your uh, uh, image of that photo uh, of, the, of the statue, and yeah, that is, that is badass. It's a cool statue. Like, and that that's kind badass. of... That image of the beast, like, it's really long, it's kind of sprawled out like that, that's what persists. It's more it's more streamlined than your average wolf, and that's kind right. of weird to see, but, yeah. So they get this wolf, the uh, Loup de Chazé. So um, Antoine kills the first wolf and says, We declare by the present report signed from our hand we never saw a big wolf that could be compared to this one. Hence, we believe this could be the fearsome beast that has caused so much damage. They take his son takes it back to Versailles with him, and his son is hailed as a hero. His dad stays back because he's like ninety percent sure that this was just one of a probably a pair of wolves, wink wink wolves, and he kills another really big one, and then he kills two pups, and these pups are said to have a second dew claw, and this is a trait that is shared with local herd dogs in the region, and it kind of gives credit to the idea that maybe this beast is like a hybrid of some type of animal. Whoa. You don't. Yeah, that's. You don't. You don't really see these on 
you don't see like second dew claws and a ton of dogs, but you get them on big herder dogs. Okay. And it's just that little other claw up on, you know, the like mm-hmm. midway at the ankle or what would yeah. be the ankle on the dog. After he kills the, what we could probably call the mom and two babies, um, Antoine goes back to Paris. He was paid 9,000 livres and he was given land and titles and all this good shit. And that's it. That's the end. Credits fade to black and everything's great, right? And it says the end, right? We, we're, we're, we're watching the movie and now the old gun has come into town and done his job and he rides off into the sunset of France and he's rich mm-hmm. as shit and it fades to black in the end. But then like a three-handed claw tears through the, the end and it's not because on December 2nd, a six-year-old and a 12-year-old kid were attacked by the Beast of Jevoudan once again. We're pretty sure it was. Farmer, they survived. Farmers saw a giant wolf ranging up and down snow-covered fields at amazing speed. It's killing dozens of people. Oh, and no. No. So, and it gets kind of spotty here because, like, this... So, Antoine and Duhamel were both, like, the, offic- the, the king's, like, official response to this shit, Right? And as soon as Antoine leaves, like, this is over. It's done. We got it. We're, we're done here. Don't worry about it. We killed bin Laden. Get out of yeah. Afghanistan. What do you mean the Taliban are still a thing? Never mind. We don't care. <laughs> and so, like, the official response is diminished. So, like, the recording of attacks isn't as... It's not as strong. Where in the first act, we had, like, names and locations and, like, right. ages. Right. Now we don't, but there is something still here that is doing work in... It, it's it's a bad day to be in Jevodon. Um Antoine is imprisoned and he's stripped of his titles because everyone's like, hey, you just lied to the king. Get fucked. Mm. So finally enter our final hero, a local hunter named Jean Chastel. The beast has been killing people from like December on into the new year all the way up until June 19th when during a giant organized hunting party led by the local marquis who was like, well, there's definitely something here. We can't pretend that there's nothing here. He gets together a bunch of guys, and they do another wolf beat. And uh, this guy named Jean Chastel, he is in the forest, and he is reading his book, his little book of prayers, and that's when the beast appears before him. But Chastel is a devout Catholic man, so he finishes his prayers. And it makes a point to say this. Everything you read about this account <laughs> gives that Chastel is a, like, devout badass. Some of mm. his accounts say that his gun is loaded with, like, holy medals. Like, like medals. Like the Catholic saint medals. Oh, shoot. Okay. That okay. he melted down and made into bullets. Others discount it and they say that it's a fabrication. I don't care. I prefer to think that he used magic friggin' bullets. Yeah, hell yeah. Because also, these medals are what type of metal, Josh? That's right, silver. And how do you kill a werewolf? Mm-hmm. With silver. And it's all this cool shit that mashes in together. So Shastel is there praying, and the beast come, appears before him on a rainy day, and he finishes his prayer, tucks his prayer book into his pocket, takes off his glasses, tucks them into his shirt, levels his rifle, and fires. And it kills the beast. That's it. This thing is dead. It's not getting up for round two. Right. That's right. it. They take the body to the castle of Marquis de Apcher, where it is examined by a surgeon and stuffed. Well, they perform an autopsy on it first. Mm-hmm. And this autopsy was transcoded and or was recorded in something called the Marin Report. And it's a really, it was a really big damn deal. But we have it. That was the beast, and it's, it's dead now. They stuff it, and then he accompanies it to... This is where he goes to Marseille. That's why I couldn't read my own damn writing. 
Chastel goes to Marseille with the beast to present it to King Louis himself, but this is also June. And if you know anything about June, you know that it's hot and rainy and gross, and dead shit doesn't survive. So by the time he gets to Marseille, he goes to present this body to the king, and it's, like, gross and decomposed, so they just bury it on the castle grounds. Mm. Maybe. Or it was taken and taken to the king's, like, personal archive museum deal where it was thrown away in the 1800s because they said that it was a rel- a hairless relic of a bygone age and who in this century would ever wish to see such a thing? And thus ends the tale of La Bête du Gévaudan, but the question remains, Josh, what the fuck was this thing? Yeah, Jesus, what was this thing? Now, there are a couple of fun hypotheses. One of them is that it was some type of hybrid beast that was bred by Chastel. Chastel was going to pull one over on the folks trying to get rich because, like, he had heard some tale about it. So he was breeding. He had his own wolfhounds and stuff because he was also a a wolf hunter. And he just bred his own special one and somehow trained it to run across the countryside. They also say that Chastel covered covered this new, like, hybrid dog in boar hide, which if I – I guess it boar hide is, like, impenetrable. I don't really understand how boars work. (laughs) But apparently, boar hide could ref- it could totally deflect musket balls. That's the thing that just happened. You gotta Holy stab shit. a boar. You can't shoot a boar. So this dude would have shot boars, tanned the or like you know boiled the leather hide to mm-hmm. make it even tougher, and then tacked that onto a dog. And that's what oh would like. God. That's why the that's why the beast could get shot and then stand back up. That's why it could be stabbed, but the spear doesn't go in super deep. Right? There's that, and that's all. And that, that's like the most plausible one. Yeah, because the I rest mean, of these are just batshit insane. But then you got to <laughs> think about like, how the hell would this? Why? What's your motive? This guy, like, what are we doing here? Like, the the motive doesn't match up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, according to the Marin report, this thing was bigger than any wolf that was ever seen. So whatever Chastel brought before, or you know, brought to this castle to have examined, this was bigger than any wolf ever seen before. And this is supported by at least three hundred other witness accounts. Okay, maybe. There is a super strong prevailing theory that it was a lion that escaped from a menagerie. Menageries are everywhere at this point. Menageries are like the glowing symbol of imperialism because I, the king of insert land here, have gone to this land and found the strongest beast in this land and now it is living in my backyard and I throw meat at it when I'm bored. (laughs) Right, yeah. Could be. This would account for like the hyper flexibility of the beast. Um... It has. It would account for like the weird kind of um, the the tufting on the tail, because remember right. the tail has a tuft on the end of it like a lion. Mm-hmm. It also kind of has a mane, and juvenile lions ha- don't have manes, but they have that raised ridge of hair. Right. Right. Could be. We have to. We have to like sandwich these two together. The most logical or the most plausible explanation is that Jevodan was infested with wolves. This was just at a point where a local pack had moved in. And started killing shit. And people are afraid of wolves. We've been afraid of wolves for forever. But now they're kind of here. They're concentrated. They're not finding game as readily available. So it's easier to take down humans. The idea was that humans are easier to kill. So that's why it's killing old women and children. Men will put up a fight. But Mm -hmm. old women and children, not so much. Unless you're, you know, Jacques. (laughs) Right. Unless you're Jacques Portefeuille, like, you got an easy meal. Mm Mm-hmm. 
dead. There's also a theory that a local serial killer was just going around and killing women and children and then mutilating the corpses. And that one's really far-fetched, but there's a lot of decapitations. Bodies are ripped apart. Yeah, I was apart. just going to say. Some of these kills are not unlike what we would later see in Whitechapel with Jack the Ripper in the 1880s. Mm. Shit like this. Um, and, and that book, Beast... The, the first, like, section of it is just about the Beast of Gévaudan. And the second, like, section is all about how, like, it's, it's about werewolfism and clinical lycanthropy. And there are people who go insane and think that they're wolves and they rip people apart. There was a dude named Peter Stube who thought he was a wolf and killed, like, 40 people. Jesus. By, like, Ugh. ripping them apart and he would eat them. Like, he ate his son. He ate his, like, infant son because oh. he was in, like, his wolf form. Shit like this. Holy, but at yeah. the end of the day, Ooh. all we can say for sure is that in Gévaudan, France, in the 1750s, for three years, these people were terrified of a thing that killed a hundred of them. That's so and if that's not a hellhound, Josh, I don't know what the fuck is, man. Yeah, no, truly, truly. Like, yeah, it's one thing if it's like, oh, here's something with red glowy eyes to try and scare you into staying home um, when it's dark. Uh, yeah, versus something that has, like, triple-digit kill counts. Oh, my God. Ugh. With, like, I, I think it's, like, I think the numbers boil down to, like, it was 80% effective in kill. <sighs> That's so wild. Oh, my God. Eight yeah. out of ten times, this thing killed somebody. And there are some fun things to point out here. Like, humans can be decapitated with a short, sharp shock. Uh, people that hang themselves, if they do it wrong, the force of the body dragging down is enough to pop the head right off like a bottle cap. Mm -hmm. um, lions can take a man's head off with one swipe. That's a thing that they can just do. Yeah. I, so oh it's these weird little things. Some people think it might have been a hyena that escaped, but hyenas weren't as big as the proportions that they listed. Yeah, I was going to say, like, yeah, those they, they tend to be smaller, unless it is some, like, weird freak mutant hyena that somehow made its way up to France. Uh there's that there's also like there are things called um entelodonts and it's basically these giant they they so these were what pigs would become and they're these giant like bristle-backed hulking murder animals that mm. just they just ruin everything maybe it was an ice age holdover who knows you know me i'm so horned up for holdover megafauna and yeah. these things only died, like, 10,000 years ago. Like, they were gone from the in the Eocene. Like, that was, like, the last epoch before, like, humans really hit their stride. Maybe that's what it is. There's some theories that say it was a hyenodon, which is, like, really just a scaled-up hyena. Mm -hmm. it, all this shit, and no one really knows. We don't have a body anymore because this is the 1700s. But this yeah, is a yeah. very, very real thing that occurred. And for a time, people were terrified of it. Goddamn, man, yeah, like... Right. That's well, where I'm at. That's, yeah... Well, and, and I'm I'm also really stuck on uh, the one report that said that there were that there were two of them, or mm -hmm. like a second. So so maybe that's maybe that's part of it too. Like in, in kind of blending the idea of like maybe it was a it was a, a, a pack that moved into this area. Yeah, I, I think if it was just one causing this much mayhem. Uh, Sure, that's possible, but I also think you know maybe there there could be a couple different, couple different of these creatures, whatever they happen to be, uh, mm -hmm. kind of going about. I just I don't know. I'm just having like these vivid, uh, like yeah, like pictures or like even movies in my head of like 
okay, yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a French dude in the 18th century. I'm just tending my flock, minding my business, and then what do I see come like sprinting out of the tree line, like straight at me? Is this big monstrous uh, wolf thing? And I just oh god, that's horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> It's crazy. And then, too, like, it's really easy to see where this thing takes on, like, a supernatural bent because it's bulletproof. Its eyes do glow red, and they don't. Yeah. They probably don't glow <laughs> red. But one thing to note is, like, the survivors all reported seeing red eyes. and hmm. But these are people that were, like, beating it and stabbing it and shit. Um, I, I, I can't think of the name of the, like, of the thing. But internal um, trauma will cause your eyes to bleed because of burst capillaries in your eyes. Right, right, yeah. And that's that, that that works across the board on all living things. It's just a thing that can happen. So, you know, uh, Marie Valet stabs the beast with her spear and notices it's, like, blazing red eyes. Well, no, you stabbed it. It's internal hemorrhaging. It's in pain. Like, it, it's, it, it's, yeah. eye, its blood vessels are popping. Like, right, right, right. Yeah. It's, or even so just, many weird things, yeah. Yeah, or, or even uh, it doesn't even have to be something as severe as, yeah, like a internal bleeding um even if i even if i just get really sneezy sometimes my yeah. eyes kind of turn red so who and if this is like spring summer maybe it was like a little bad of hay fever or something uh <laughs> and how i had to you, joke how did you rid us of la beat we gave it a benadryl oh yeah. son of a bitch give it a benadryl um for for red eyes Get clear eyes. Then here comes the la beta comes and just chomps off. <laughs> wow. Yeah, like his decapitated head rolling down this hillside. Wow. <laughs> Decapitates Ben, ben Stein. Stein, rolls down, yeah. hits the ground. Wow. <laughs> wow. Do Hommel. Do Hommel. He's just like going around like smearing poison on everything. God, what a whirlwind of a see! That needs to be a, a a Hollywood movie or a Netflix series. Holy cow! I'd watch the shit out of that. What an incredible! So there is a movie. There is a movie called um, The Brotherhood of the Wolf, which everything okay. that I was looking into when I was researching this said like go watch it. It's not at all accurate, but goddamn, does it sound fun? It's like yeah, uh, like I guess they bring in Duhamel, but then he's got like this Indian companion who's a martial arts expert. <laughs> okay. It's the whole right. thing. Go. I don't. I couldn't find out anything, but damn, guys, yeah, go yeah, watch Brotherhood we'll, of the Wolf. I guess. And okay, yeah. No, we can we can look at that too. Well, and and I can also tell too that like this does sort of uh, uh, maybe cross that bridge into like is this a hellhound? Is this kind of like a where potentially like a werewolf like canthropy sort of thing? Um, which we have we have discussed many a times like tentatively very 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 uh, gently wading into those werewolfy waters uh but holy cow mark what a oh man what a second half of this episode that you've prepared um thank you sir thank gee, you oh boy oh man well my my mind is melting i'm truly horrified uh, I don't know how I'm going to spend the rest of my day <laughs> I'm going to be freaked out about um yeah french French uh, wolves or lions or giant hyenas, whatever this thing is, just popping out, popping out and chasing me down. Um, but, whoo, whoo, boy. Shit's crazy. It is. It's wild. And, but also, like, uh, fully glad that you called this audible because this is, I, I get the feeling this is going to turn into, like, a vintage Two Wizards episode and one that will 
make appearances on future retrospectives and and um maybe well because we have the winter olympics coming up now so uh, maybe we have to do cryptid winter olympics uh coming up so maybe we'll see if some of these some of these creatures are on a bobsled team or something i don't know uh Hell yeah <laughs> but uh but listeners tell us what was your experience going through all this? Uh, have have you seen any kind of hellhounds of your own? Maybe you've had a couple instances staying out a bit too late at the bar, walking home again because you're doing the responsible thing and not driving, and you see this glowing pair of eyes following you along. Uh, share share those stories with us. We always want to hear them. Um, and here's a couple ways that you can do just that. You can send us an email uh, to twowizardspodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at twowizardspodc1. I am also on Twitter at plaidbarbarian. Mark is on Twitter at markystardust. And what other things do you have going on, Mark? Um, you can also find me on our sister podcast, whatever you want to call that, uh, the Dangle Podcast, where me and my buddy Johnny take two episodes of episodes of king of the hill and rate and review them and see if they still hold up and josh you better believe buddy we have a, a stance on this whole is mike judge rebooting it but we are oh, reserving yes. that we are mm. reserving that until anything gets actually confirmed so right yes I, I i have seen those little news stories uh uh cropping up and yes i eagerly await what uh when you and johnny kind of kind of think about this and, and and what actually material materializes because yeah it's it, it's more it's more kind of speculation or kind of up in the air uh, for, for, for now. But, uh, yeah, we will, we will have to talk about that and many more things um, as we continue on to wizarding and dang old podcasting and all the other things that we're doing. <laughs> and a third podcast that maybe it'll happen. Maybe. 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 Indeed. So I guess until that point, until the next installment of uh, Two Wizards Podcast – or Dangle Podcast, or this third thing. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Actually, uh, Mike Judge is not rebooting Dingle. Or, uh, yeah, he's, he's not rebooting King of the Hill. He's going to join House High Hammock <laughs> the studios. That's what this whole secret announcement is going to be. Uh, but until that time, <laughs> whatever that may be, thank you for joining us. Always a pleasure to have you. My name is Josh, and I'm a wizard. And my name is Mark. I am a wizard. Take care, guys. Be safe. Do not go walking after dark. The shuck will get you. Indeed. Take care. Good night, everyone. He rolled upon his back, and after that, I killed them all! Ah!